going to turn your attention to the word of the Lord tonight, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, I'll read a couple of scriptures. You don't have to uh, stand tonight. I'm going to go through a story, and uh, this will sound familiar uh, to you. A few weeks ago, um, I began a message uh, to you on a Wednesday night titled, When the Church Speaks. And uh, I kind of got off track a little bit. Um, that happens time to time. Uh, and I didn't finish it. Um, I, I got caught, I guess uh, the old saying is I got caught down a rabbit trail and I didn't really say all of exactly what I felt like the Lord wanted me to say. Uh, so tonight, if you need a title, this is When the Church Speaks Part 2. Uh, this was never really intended to be a Part 2 message. Uh, it was all intended to be in a Part 1. So we're going to get all of it said tonight, hopefully, and see what the Lord would say to us uh, tonight. But Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you victuals for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan and go into to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. Verse 16, and they answered Joshua saying, all that thou commandest us we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I'm going to stop reading there and um, just say this tonight that um, I truly believe that this that I started before as I said to you is a word for this church in a very vital season. I really believe that we are in a vital, vital season. And, and if I could, I'll say it like this. This church, CLC, this church, CLC, I believe tonight is standing on the threshold of great promise. Now, I came to teach tonight, but I feel like prophesying to you tonight for a few moments or telling you tonight, Pastor preached it about a week ago, I believe it was, that it's time to lift our head and it's time to focus our eyes on the things that God is doing because we are about to see God in the full display of his glory. Anybody remember that message about lifting our eyes and lifting up our head because our redemption is drawing nigh and our time is running short. And I believe that tonight and I am possessing that word for myself with a resounding Amen tonight. But I want to, if I could, add a very important element to it because to get to what you want to see from God, you must never forget the principle of faith. There is a law concerning 
faith. There is a principle, a government of faith, and it is this. Romans 10, 17 said, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. Faith always comes by hearing. And as important as it is for us to get our eyes looking in the right direction, it's equally important tonight that we get our ears tuned in to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Fourteen times in the Scripture, six times in the Gospels, and then eight more times in the book of Revelation, you will find this phrase recorded. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So I began tonight this Bible class, this lesson, by asking you tonight, CLC, can you hear what he is saying to us? has 21 days that we are just recently coming out of, of prayer and fasting and consecration and seeking the will and the direction of God affected your faith. Through this, have we somehow been able to silence the noise that is all around us and hear the voice of God? Because if it has done for you what I feel it has done for me, it has alerted my spirit that we have got work to do. We've got a mission to accomplish. We've got something that God is after for us specifically to do, and I don't know about you tonight, but I want to be found working, and I want to be found faithful, and I want to be found doing what He has called me to do when He comes. So I attempt tonight to remind us that this is very critical that we understand that the work of God in the last days must be carried out through His church. We are the instrument tonight through which God will work and speak and operate in this hour. What does that mean? It means tonight that more than ever before, the church must be his voice. The church has got to be saying something in this most critical season, in this most critical hour. The church has got to become alive, communicating what God is speaking to her. If Jesus is looking to find faith when he returns... Luke 18 and 8, he said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And the law of faith is faith cometh by hearing. If he is looking to find faith, and faith cometh by hearing, then it should be very easy for us to be able to connect the dots and understand tonight 
if they will be found possessing faith, then we must be found speaking faith. A church doing the will of God in the last days will be speaking. She will be speaking. So how do we step into our promises as a church, as individuals, and fulfill our callings and our mandates from God? I dare say there's not anyone here that has the gift of the Holy Ghost, that God has not commissioned you or spoke to you or gifted you with something that you feel you should be doing for Him. This is what I'm trying to help us with tonight. We must learn to speak the words of God so that faith can produce the works of God. God has got to position us and he has got to bring us in and he has got to get us settled. There has got to be a point when the church comes to a place of maturity that she can step on to the scene of a world in chaos and be the instrument in the last days that God has called her to be. This is what I want to try to communicate to you through this simple story tonight. This story of Israel transitioning from having a promise to possessing the promise is a master class, if you will, tonight for any serious child of God. Joshua is a transitional book where God takes a people with a promise and establishes them as a people within their promise. So it's important to know what God says about you, but it's quite another thing to step in and become what he says about you, right? Amen. We all like the words when someone comes and they are used of God as an instrument to speak to us the things that God is saying about us. But it's quite another thing to let that word go from just something you have heard to something you step into and possess and become. This is my message to us tonight. We know well God's plans for us. We have been preached to enough and communicated to enough, but I ask you tonight, are we truly ready to prove what we have heard him say? Because I hear him tonight saying, it's time for us to step in. It's time for us to go in. And if you were here for the first part of this, you will remember me saying this. I believe tonight that it is our season for in. It's time to get in and stay in and buy in and gather in and be in like we have never been before because God is ready to work for and through and with us. I believe revival is here. I believe new seasons are here. I believe old words and old promises and things that God has spoken to you are here to be fulfilled and to be stepped into at this very 
moment, and you have been faithful, and this is the faithful clap. I know my audience tonight. I'm teaching to the people who brave the weather. I'm teaching to the people who are foundation. I'm teaching to the people that when it's Wednesday night, I can look out and I pretty much know where you're going to be sitting because I've been here with you a few minutes and I've learned you're faithful and you have been faithful to the message and you have obeyed it and you have followed the method and you have stayed the course. And because of you, God has his hand on this church, and I know that sometimes there can be uncertainty, and we can look around, and we can say, I don't really know how God's going to do it, and I don't really know how everything's going to come together, and that's all right if you're there, but this is what I felt the Lord say, stop letting what you don't know steal from you what you do know. See, Joshua was the right man in the right season. Moses had led them. He had prepared them. He had established them on a solid foundation, but his work had been accomplished. Thank God for foundations. Thank God for history and past and what it has brought us to. And here comes a Joshua because he was commissioned by God to build on the foundation that Moses had laid, and he was to lead the people into what God had prepared for them. And this is the principle behind that. God will never promote you until he first establishes you. He had to establish the people, and he had to establish Joshua. The people had been established. Moses has succeeded in that, but now Joshua is commissioned here to carry them forward. How did we know this? Because there was a voice. Before the church can ever speak, God must first speak. Verse 1, now after the death of Moses, the Lord spake unto Joshua. This is what he said. Moses is dead, but just because Moses is finished, my work must continue, and I intend to use you. Arise and lead my people. God's transition plan was very simple. Get up, go forward, and possess the promise. Verse 3. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. The history, the foundation never gets replaced. It simply gets added on to. God told Joshua, I'm going to allow you to walk in the promise I gave to Moses. And God reminded Joshua, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And that's awesome, especially if you're Joshua. But here's the greater revelation and how it applies to every one of us. That was more than just a promise for Joshua. It was a principle for every believer. Whatever God has ever been before us, he will be for us. If he's ever healed, he'll heal us. If he's ever delivered, he'll deliver us. If he's ever made a way, he'll make a way for us. God wanted Joshua and tonight us to know I'm no respecter of person. I will do it for you. 
what I did for previous believers, I will do it for you. That's why God told him twice, verse 7 and verse 6, be strong and be courageous. Not strong and courageous against your enemies. He had already promised victory over them back in verse 5. He had told them the enemies are going to be taken care of. But you be strong and you be courageous because you're going to have to hold on to what I've said to you. He didn't need strength for winning. He needed strength for his faith. Anybody ever been there? We ain't got no problem knowing God can do it. Come on, I'm still among people who believe in his power, in his authority tonight. We ain't got no problem believing God can do it. But sometimes we wonder if he will. Especially for me. Right? I got faith to believe anything you need. But you let me get the headache. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And that's what the communication was to Joshua. He said, look, man, I got you. I got you. You're doing exactly what I asked you to do. You have supported Moses. You have walked with Moses. You have been established with this people. You have done everything I've asked you to do, and I got you, buddy. But when everything comes and says, I don't, I need you to be strong. I need you to hold on to your faith. Ain't no enemy going to take you out, Joshua. You know who's going to take you out? You. So be strong. Stay on the path, Moses put you on. Be obedient to everything he taught, and I will be with you. See, we need to get some confidence back in God for the things that we've seen him do before. We need to start expecting to see him again. But we've got to get our faith back to a place of trust and confidence that God's got us. We've got to learn how to walk in strength. How do we do it? We do it through obedience. Nothing. Notice something with me. God told Joshua, everywhere your feet go, I will give you. There's a lesson in that. To possess their promise, they had to put their feet on. I find it strange tonight that the enemy works to steal this word. And how does he do it? He tries to capture our feet. It amazes me. I said this last time, but it bears repeating. It amazes me how much of a struggle it is to get people to be faithful to the house of God in this hour. pastor even put something up on Facebook just a week or so ago. But it's in my notes like this. You can't put your foot in the church, but you feel you're going to possess your promise. I'm just not so sure tonight. 
You can't walk with him in his own house, but you think you can walk with him through the trials of this life and through the hell that life sometimes unleashes in our pathway. Hear me tonight. I'm trying to help somebody, probably more somebody that's listening by way of the web tonight. Many of us aren't walking in our promise because our feet are in the wrong. Joshua had got a word because he had been walking with Moses. And God said, a man that will walk with me can walk out in front and show my people how to possess the land. His feet had been where their feet had been. They knew his walk. He didn't show up with a word. He just released a word as he continued to walk. And that word was, it's time to move. It's time to go forward. Here's the beauty of it. It was an easy word to receive because he had already proved he knew how to walk. I love Romans 10, 15. How beautiful are the feet. It's not that the feet are pretty. It's that they are deployed in action. What are they doing? They are showing through action how to go forward. Before he filled the disciples with his spirit, Jesus washed their feet. Why? Because where your feet are when God's word goes forth determines not only if you hear it, but it also qualifies you to walk forward in it. That's why the church is so vital because it speaks. And if my feet have me out of position, I miss the message. I miss the moment. I miss the opportunity. Most would never dream of missing a word from God. We all want that word, right? We all want that word from God. Many would be highly offended if you somehow insinuated that they had not... uh, or that they were not hearing from God, I guess. I love God, preacher. He got great things for me. His word declares great things. Yes, it does, but watch how it, watch how it worked right here. Verse 11, let me read it again. Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go into possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. They all had a promise. But Joshua had the key to unlock it. God gave them Moses and now it was Joshua. But the common thread is this. God wasn't going to take anyone anywhere without positioning his man to lead them. That's why you need the preacher. Thank God for the pastor. Thank God for the preacher. Thank God for the man of God that will get on his knees and hear from God and will pray until he's got the unction of God. And then he'll come out and proclaim the word of God. Thank God for the preacher. The most serious, critical thing you've heard me say tonight is that the pastor's sick. Be in fervent prayer when the man of God's under attack. There's a lot that can be revealed in the natural about what the enemy's trying to do in the supernatural. I 
I'll leave that for another day. That's a rabbit. It's going to make me have to do part three. Talking about when the church speaks tonight. The first word came from God. God established the leadership and God established the forward going of the people. But then he started speaking through the preacher. Because God gave him the instructions that they needed to advance. They had been stagnant for quite a little while, if you remember the story. Here it is. He told them where they were going. He told them how to get there. When the church speaks today, it speaks through the preacher. He identified the promise, but he also outlined the procedure. See, today's Christianity wants the promise without the practice. I don't like it when the preacher starts saying, this is how we're going to get there. I'm not the pastor tonight. I'm just telling you what the Lord said to say. They want the provision, but they don't want the preparation. I fear for them because I've learned in my walk with God. I've been in this thing a good little minute now. and I've learned something about the way God works. Don't know everything, wouldn't claim to. But you will never get the promise without sound practice. And you will never get the power being disobedient to his principles. Joshua had a simple message. Prepare, pass over, move, possess. How do we do that? It's when we get to a place of unity. He told them uh, in this passage that they were to unite and they were to fight together. Now, Notice, if you go back and you read this, it's verse 12 through 15, but I'm trying to expedite time tonight, so I won't go back and read it. But if you go back and you read it, you will notice something. Not everyone was doing it the same way. Boy, that gets dangerous when you say that in a church. <laughs> Not everyone was doing it the same way. And this is, you know, this is so hard for us to get our mind wrapped around. What God asks of me, he may not necessarily ask of you. Because God knows what he needs to ask of me to keep me where I need to be that you might not need to hear that to keep you where you need to be. And, and it's hard for us because although we're taught not to, we judge ourselves amongst ourselves. And because we fall into that, we fall into age-old traps and snares because of it. Watch this. Some were not going over. Some stayed on the border. Why? Because we may not all be at the same level 
We may not do all or everything that our neighbor does. There may be some differences when you look at the people of God. Is that okay tonight? Can I just say it like that? But this is what he said. We all got to fight together. (laughs) You might not have to do everything I have to do. But when the battle's on, you better link up and fight with him. Because he didn't call us to do everything the same, but he called us all to fight together. And that was the point. And I pray tonight that God will unite us again against our enemies and for our purpose. Not in judgment, not in comparison, not against our brethren, but against our common enemy that's trying to keep you and me out of what God has called us to be. Remember this Saul? Saul had killed his thousands. David, his tens of thousands. Do you know that that was not a song of comparison? It was only the insecurity of Saul that saw it as a comparison. When viewed in the context of Scripture, it was a song of compliment. It fulfilled a prophecy. Deuteronomy 32, 30 declared it. With God on their side, two together is a thousand times stronger than one working alone. And that's still the way today. We are stronger together because united, we get the next way the church starts to speak. It starts to speak through us collectively. See, God's got to speak. Then the preacher's got to preach under the unction and say what he said. And then the people began to speak. Verse 16, and they answered Joshua saying, who? The people. They began to to speak. Pay close attention to how they responded. We will do as you have asked as long as you stay true to what we have heard before. Don't take us off somewhere goofy. Stay true to what Moses has said and we'll follow you and we'll fight. And 18 ends with this. Be strong. Seen that before. Seen that before. The people spoke back to the preacher the word God had given to him in the transition. Moses is finished, but you're ready. Just be strong. And they spoke what Joshua spoke. Oh, for the day again when we trust our leadership and just submit. I'm not talking about foolishness. Are things birthed from a man? And and I could could chase a rabbit right there. I'm going to be careful because I want to get finished with this, as I said. I could chase a rabbit right there. You know what? Let me say it like this. You know why the enemy was able to deceive Eve? Because the word of the Lord to Adam was very specific. Right? 
don't eat of the tree. And he intensified that word to Eve. So when she touched the tree and she didn't die, then the enemy had a foothold on her. If he'd have just said what the Lord said to him, to her, she wouldn't have been tempted or she wouldn't have been so easily deceived when what he did say to her didn't happen. God said, don't eat it, you'll die. Adam said, don't touch it, you'll die. Eve touched it, and the enemy said, did God really say that? See what I'm saying right here? But submission to a genuine leader with a heart and mind of God has got to become a common practice again among the people of God. Thank God we don't have a problem with that. Because the proclamation and the promise was always intended to be the responsibility of the people. Before this moving day, before this transition, Moses has already commanded, when you cross over, put the law on display. The law was vital. It had to go with them. Plaster it, post it, proclaim it. When the church speaks, God, preacher, people. God, Joshua, people. Why am I emphasizing this so much? Because when the church gets stagnant, when it isn't growing, when it isn't taking new territory, when it isn't experiencing revival, it can usually be attributed to one thing, silent people. Here's the heart of this message that we didn't get to last time. Acts 1.8, I will give you power. Power for what? Power to flex our muscles and talk about how awesome our God is and all the things he can do? No. Power to do what? To be a witness. Power to proclaim. Pentecost was the initial explosion, but the people going forth was the expansion. People turned the world upside down. Peter preached, then the people proclaimed. Oh, for a church to get back to this. Let me tell you, CLC, you're the hope. You're the voice. You're, you're the very thing that is going to bring life to the, the community around us, to the city of Monroe. You are the proclaimers of his great promises. It can't be left in the lap of the preacher, but it must come from God through him, through us, because when the church speaks, it flows down, and then it flows out. It flows down, and then it flows out. God, preacher, people. So what do we need to say? Here it is, Deuteronomy 27, 15, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Preached word, received word, practiced word. Amen, amen, amen. God, unite us again with a great resounding Amen. And I appeal to you tonight, thank you. This is most of the class of our elders tonight. Thank you 
for the example that you have lived. Thank you. I watch you in worship. I watch you try to lead. I watch you try to be an encouragement to those that are here. Thank you for the way that you respond to the word of God. I hear your amens coming forth as pastor is preaching. I see your hands lifted when they are leading us in worship. Thank you for that. But may I appeal to you, never lose your amen. Keep showing us. Keep leading us. Keep being the voice that you have been called to be. Don't allow your voice to go silent because we need it more today than we have ever needed it before. Teach a new generation how to fight. Instruct a new generation how to walk in faith. Show us how to worship. We need your amen in this hour. Why? Because here's the best way I can say it. Communication is the fruit of love. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I see it this way according to the scripture. It's treasure, it's heart, and then it's mouth. And many have become silent because their heart has become empty. And because their hearts are empty, their treasure has been gone because it's been pillaged by an enemy. A thief, a robber, a liar has come and it has robbed the treasure of all that God has promised us through the years. But we need to remember Remember, we are still his people, and those things still belong to us, and we still have to proclaim them to a new generation. Because here's the danger of it all and what I'm really trying to drive at with this message. When we lose the voice of the people, we lose your voice. We lose a very important voice that comes along in the next chapter. Chapter 2, verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. That she there is Rahab. Rahab, the harlot. See, when we lose the voice of the people, we lose the voice of the sinner. Rahab only had a voice because of the obedience and progression of the people. It wasn't enough for just God to speak. It had to get ignited in the heart of a preacher who then proclaimed it. 
But for it to take legs and have life, it had to get in the heart of a people. And when it got in a people and it started going forward, then the sinner started saying, we've heard about you. We've seen how your God works. We've looked at how you're much better off with him than we are without him. Hear me, CLC. Our future, our growth, our purpose will be determined by what this church speaks. God must speak, yes, and he has. The preacher must preach. And he does a pretty good job of it, in my opinion. The people must affirm with an amen. And thank God you do. But then and only then will we hear the voice of the lost crying, Remember me. Remember me. Rahab would have never had a voice had the people not had a voice. What we are trying to accomplish here is that the sinner find out about him like we already know about him. And the key to that is to make sure the progression of the word of God keeps a church with a voice in this last hour. I don't know about you, but nothing is greater to me than when we come into the house of God and I see people leave a pew and walk down the aisle with tears in their eyes looking for an answer that I know they can find at this altar. I don't care how awesome the preacher preached that day. When it's my turn, and I know pastor as well, we do our very best to put a presentation forth that looks like we gave it a little consideration that we were talking to you that day. We really study. We really dig in the Word of God to be able to make sure that we come and say something that you don't look and say, what in the world was he talking about today? I give you that. Our music department, I see Brother Toby up there. Our music department meets, and they practice, and they rehearse, and they do everything they can do to make sure when we sing those songs, it doesn't look like the first time we've ever attempted to sing them. They're not practicing to put on a show. They're not practicing to put on a concert or a performance. They're practicing so that they can work out all the bugs so that the anointing can freely flow through what they are singing and what they are ministering to this crowd. Because nothing is more important to our future and our survival and our existence going forward than those people showing up on this pew saying, I have heard about your God. I have seen the goodness of God on you. I have seen the blessings and the favor of God on you. And I just came by today to see if he could be the answer that I need. We got to be speaking in this hour because they're listening and they're looking.
hurting and they need a place of refuge. They need a place of safety. They need a place to walk out of the chaos and all that life has been through the week. And it stops if it's all about God. Just tell us how awesome we are and let the preacher tell us how awesome we are and we take it in and we never go forward with it. When the church She'll be added to daily, such as should be saved. When the church speaks, we'll see the continuation of the outpouring of his spirit. It'll be that book of Acts, church, that everybody preaches and says we want. It happens because that's how God designed it to happen. Church has become a lot of things. In this hour, and I didn't come to be critical tonight, and I'm, I'm done right here. Church has become a lot of things in this hour. For many, it's just another place to go. For many, it's a social environment. For many, it's good program for their children to, to get involved. It's a lot of things. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth tonight. But her intention is to be a place where the lost can find him. And it comes when we continue to speak. All that God has given us to possess is right in front of us. I believe that. I believe it's time for some of your lost families to come home. I believe it's time for prodigals to make their way back home. I believe it's time for them to remember the Father's house and that there's something good in the Father's house. The Father didn't go out looking. He just kept the house going. He was prepared when they came back. I'm telling you, God's doing great things among us. He's getting us prepared because he's about to send an influx of people that are ready for this word. I know that because in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Where do you think that's going to happen? It's going to happen everywhere, but it surely is going to begin in the house of God. I'm excited about what the Lord's got for us. We're entering into a new year. We've come out of a good season of prayer and fasting. I say stay with it. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep trusting God. Keep believing Him. And use your mouth to proclaim His glory. And watch what He will do. Stand with me tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for each and every one. God, these are your faithful children, your faithful servants. God, they are here tonight, and they are doing what I have preached. God, but I pray somehow tonight, Lord, what you have laid on my spirit to say will get rooted deep, deep, deep within us again, God, that we'll be more vocal, that we'll be more active, that we'll be more God for you than what we have been up until this point. God, use us to affect our world. Use us to see great revival amongst and in this church. Use us, God, to draw our loved ones back to a place of fellowship with you. Do the work, God, that only you can do as we understand our role in it and step into it willingly tonight. Bring to pass, God, what we have said in this place, and we'll be forever grateful, giving you all the glory 
and all the praise. Everybody said amen.